Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey everybody, this is Trista and you're listening to episode 24 of the Better Etc. podcast. Oh, guys, the conversation I had with my guest today was so fun. I was laughing so much. We talk about something that's really, really important. His name is Riaz Megji, and he has a book called Every Conversation Counts. We're talking all about conversation and connection. And he just has this special, special way of making you feel, at least this is my experience, making you feel seen and heard and listened to. And isn't that what we all want? We all want that. We all want human connection. For me, that is the most important thing in life. It's what makes life worth living, truly. He has so much wisdom after 17 years in broadcast journalism, interviewing so many different kinds of people, working at MTV Canada, working at different stations or on different shows in Canada. And he has a great YouTube channel. But we really get into how to be a better listener. Isn't that something that you guys think should be in all schools, in everyone's education? (laughs) Social skills, right? Everybody should learn social skills. And I know that it's kind of on the parents' shoulders to teach their children that. But I really, truly wish it was taught in schools and we get into that. He talks about distractions and uses a word that I have never heard before, but a word that all of us who are living in the 21st century can relate to. I guarantee it. And I have a question for you. Who uses the words, um, ah, so, like, right, you know? (laughs) Those are called filler words. And I don't know if you have any way to listen to yourself out there, but in doing this podcast and listening to myself, I have realized how many filler words I use. And so we talk all about that, their effect on our conversations. And here's a clue. It's not a great effect. Uh, And how he can help us use these words on a normal level. Because there is a normal level of using filler words. It's just that if you get a little too extreme, it becomes a distraction. We have a great conversation, and he has a beautiful answer to the question I ask everyone, and that's how will you be better tomorrow? It's beautiful. So now in terms of Trista's takes today, I thought that I would share a couple things that I have found via social media on different accounts that I follow. And I don't actually know where I got these particular little bits, little screenshots, but I do follow the good news movement. So there's a good chance it was through them. So in terms of human connection, because that's the topic of my conversation today, I took a screenshot of a post that someone did on Instagram and they're calling it the hand of God. So nurses in Brazil, they tied two disposable gloves together after they filled them with hot water and they put one on the bottom 
of a patient's hand who's in the COVID isolation ward, and then they put one on the top. And when they tied them together, it's essentially like they were providing human contact in the form of someone holding their hand. It's simulating human contact. And I just thought that was such an incredible way to help COVID patients or really any patients. So I'm wondering if this will be an invention out there, that this will come about and they will start using either gloves or whatever someone can come up with that simulates human skin and giving people that that contact, that human connection, even if no one else is there, especially in the isolation wards, because one of my friends just had heart surgery and her husband couldn't be in the hospital. And so I assume that that is still going on around the country where people cannot be with the ones that they love because of isolation requirements. So I thought that that was such a good idea. So the second thing that I saw was how to talk to people about mental health and their mental health. The top of the screenshot says, what people think support sounds like. You'll be fine. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. And what support actually sounds like. I'm sure that is really difficult. How can I help? Thank you for telling me. Your feelings are valid. I'm here for you. I cannot imagine how that feels. Give them a hug and tell them they're not alone. So, you know, I think that conversations are paramount in our world. They can help you have better relationships. They can actually destroy relationships. And so I hope that you'll continue to listen to conversation that I had with Riaz Megji. He's wonderful. You guys should all go follow him on Instagram too. He's got such great ideas. Oh, and his YouTube channel is fantastic. Just as I always ask, if you could share this with a friend, if there's been a special episode that you've truly connected with, I would love for you to share it on your social. I'd love for you to go give us a five stars and a review in terms of how you can be better tomorrow. And also, oh, you can connect with us with my Facebook group, all about being better at Better Etc. It's a group on Facebook. So go check it out. And I hope you enjoy the conversation I have with Riaz. Here we go. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to say that I was doing my prep work. And so a little video of my guest was on my computer. And my husband comes through the office and he says, that guy has a great head of hair. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the guy with the great head of hair, Riaz Megji, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Thanks, Trisha. I I grew it myself. (laughs) I want to confirm that before we get going. I don't want any rumors. (laughs) This isn't a piece. Years of work and stress went into this. He was definitely very enamored by your hair. I thought it was really cute. I was like, he sure does. <laughs> Tell Ryan I say hello. That That's very kind of him. I will. And like I said before we started, he might actually come through the door. So you might get to say hello on your own. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can only hope. We are podcasting in my bedroom. So um, yeah, there's always a chance that he will bust through the door. Maybe like Kramer, we're, we're going to talk about that and the branding. <laughs> Okay, I have to admit that I'm really nervous to talk to you because on your YouTube channel, one of your videos, I guess you should say, do you call it an episode on your YouTube channel or just video? 
Yeah, sure. Just video. Yeah. Episode sounds more fancy. I'm going to go with you. It sounds like there's more production if it's an episode. True so story. It's an episode. It's <laughs> okay, official. Right. We're making that official. Okay. So it was something about filler words and yeah. how to limit your filler words. And holy cow, in doing this podcast for the last... I don't know, six months and listen, because I, I I try to be part of the editing process in order to, you know, limit the amount of time that we're using and people are listening to. And of course, dealing with the ums and the ahs and the so's and the rights. And I say, so I've realized I say so all the time. <laughs> and I was like, he's totally going to call me out because I'm going to say them all the time. But I'm so glad you talk about that because I think that's so important, especially for somebody like me who is conversing. And yes, we're doing it via Skype so I can see you. But for the most part, it's like audio conversations. So your voice and what you say is that much more important. Absolutely. And it's such a common, common challenge for people that they don't think about unless you're recording yourself. I mean, if somebody's listening to this, think about the first time you may have seen yourself on camera, especially with virtual communication. People are thinking, oh my, is that what I look like? Is that how I gesture? Is that how I smile? And then when they hear the audio, the the biggest question, because we're all critical of ourselves is, is that how I sound? And then you start analyzing, okay, well, if you want to project this powerful presence and this confident presence, what can you do? And with voice... How can you vary the vocal music with your tone, with your pitch, with your duration? There's so many elements to it, but but a great starting point, Tristan, you've pointed out is filler words mm-hmm. and just heightening our awareness of what filler words exist because they really pop up at the beginning or end of a sentence when we're trying to transition to a thought or when somebody asks us a question and instead of just pausing like, we our initial reaction is we need to fill that silence with a and mm-hmm. it's it's the most common point you'll see in any type of live format and it's such a great exercise like you're doing through this podcast to recognize them and then just pick them off one by one so you can help enhance the presence you bring to your listeners or viewers uh, if you've got the YouTube channel going yeah i mean so i podcasted with my daughter last week which was really fun it was a super fun experience but I didn't realize how much she says like, like this. And, you know, I don't know, like I was doing this and like, I don't, it is such a filler word for her. And if there's any way I can nip that in the bud and stop her from using that, because I say it too, most definitely, I'm sure she got it from me. And of course, society and just watching YouTube and, you know, all the all the things that they're involved in technologically wise. And I want to say I want to get into, you know, your book, Every Conversation Counts. I really want to get into listening and how to be a better listener. But just starting off on this, this filler stuff, how can I help her as a 12 year old kind of nip that in the bud and not use that filler word or not just think that that's part of normal conversation? That's really unique when it comes to helping a a child, because for adults, for us, our intention is we want to fix what we perceive as the problem to eliminate them. With Blakesley, she may not have that desire to eliminate those because all her friends are saying the exact same thing. So she might say, hey, mom, why why are you doing this? 
So how can we incentivize it with some sort of a game? And in the course of one hour that you're spending together, maybe there's a reward you could give her. Like Blakesley, like what's she into? What does she love right now? Dance. Dance. Okay. So if she goes through an hour with you when you two are hanging out and you're conversing and and she only uses the word like, if that's your target word, Mm -hmm. uh, five times in the course of an hour, maybe that's a reward. Hey, we're going to go to an extra dance class because you did that. And then it makes it a fun game where she wins in the end because some of the scientific research behind filler words uh, eliminating them altogether almost eliminates that human aspect where you're not even approachable then yeah. thinking, wow, why is this person so perfect? And <laughs> right. the, the research shows that the most effective communicators will use one filler word uh, every 60 seconds. Mm. Yet the average person uses five or more filler words every 60 seconds. And you know, the higher that goes, the more it can become noticeable and distracting for people. And making it realistic, maybe start the game as in the next 10 minutes, Blakesley, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk. You're going to try not to say it. If you do it, you win, you get this. And then she gets excited about it. Because if we want to motivate somebody, we got to find out what motivates them, which for Blakesley, it's dancing, and then help her achieve that. Or money. I could give her money because, you know. <laughs> can't, can't go wrong with the moolahs. Moolahs are a, a universal money. incentive. Yeah. yeah. 12-year-old, 46-year-old. Money, money, money. Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) I think that's great. I love positive reinforcement. All about positive reinforcement. And if I can help her in some way with her future, that's great. And I think you're right. I think that thinking back about, so I work with a production team from Podcast Nation. They're my network for my podcast. And I was going through helping the editor get rid of some of the filler words. And we had a conversation and they were like, you know, we need to leave some of that in just like you said, so that you don't seem 100% perfect all the time. And we can show the reality of who you are. You know, I'm all about being real. I have been ever since I was on reality television, even though reality television is not necessarily real life. Um, (laughs) But I'm all about being real and sharing my authentic self. So it's it's really hard for me to listen to my filler words. But if that does show that I am human and increase my ability to connect with people, I'm all about it. I think I think it's that, that's a great philosophy of one, having the willingness to improve, but two, having the desire to just maintain that sense of being human. And especially with virtual, like, look, we're doing this. We hear sirens in the back because yeah. we're podcasting from home. This is the reality. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? Right. And em- embracing that human side, I believe, will allow your audience just to say, yeah, it's just as cool. You know, it's not perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. In this conversation, I've used the word like, I've used the word so, and it's just it's just everyday conversation. I think the big challenge is when it, when it comes to maybe 20 filler words in one minute yeah. when someone isn't catching it, that that's the point where we you know we want to do some work on it. But otherwise, yeah, you're right. It brings out the human side. Yeah, agreed. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now back to the show. I am going to take a page out of your book. Maybe not your book, maybe your YouTube channel or one of the above and ask you, so Riaz, what's on your mind? (laughs) (laughs) This is like the Jedi mind trick that happens with podcasts. Here's why I love this question. So I'm going to play meta with you of why this question is so valuable. I'm going to answer it first and then speak to why I love this question. And this question is in the book when it talks to truly understanding where people are at and, and, and how we can listen to them. What's on my mind right now these days is really focusing on the power of human connection and how we all as it's just human beings can be more intentional with how we reach out, talk to and listen to one another and break out of autopilot mode in our relationships. And I've been fascinated about this for years, the science of how and why we connect, Trista. But right now, looking at what the pandemic has done in the past year, this has become such a fascinating space because everybody's experience is so unique. It is so personal in in the conversations of convenience that we used to have at water coolers or in somebody's office or at our kids' hockey game. I know that that's big in your family as a hockey mom. Yeah, yeah. The topics have now really gone to the psychological struggle of, you know, what people are going through. And I think human connection has become much more meaningful. And I'm excited to explore that space and help people just open up in meaningful ways. And why that question is so valuable is because I feel, you know, half the time people walk into conversations, especially with people they don't know, and maybe why people dread networking of, oh, no, what what am I going to say in this scenario? And this is why people dread small talk, yet the opportunity really is to find out what's the priority for the person in front of us. And that question, what's on your mind? I could do all the research in the world if I was interviewing you in this scenario, but by me asking you that, I understand here's what the priority is for Trista. Let's prioritize her priority and light her up and explore what she wants to talk about. Yeah. And I think that is applicable in real life. It's applicable in your professional life. It's applicable wherever, you know, what's on your mind is a great question. I, I loved that, which is why I wrote it down and why I asked you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I think in my life, human connection is what makes life worth living. And I have a feeling that you agree. Considering your focus has been on human connection. And I, 100%. yeah, right. So I particularly wholeheartedly agree with you that listening and being a better listener should be taught in school. I mean, that is a life changing skill. And I, I love hearing your thoughts on how we can be better listeners. Can you tell us why you think that people should be better listeners, why it is so important? When I think about the value of of listening and learning that skill, like you say, Trista, at a young age, we're, we're always taught about the you know, the tangible skills, the analytical skills, math, science. Right. But was there a class about social skills and office politics? Never, not through high school or university. Right. And if we if we walk into 
any context. And the goal is, hey, okay, I want to be persuasive. I want to help influence a different way of thinking. The only way you're going to do that is to lead by listening. And sometimes that's just overlooked. I mean, our intention could be pure to come in with all of this research and all of these great ideas. But if we're not listening to what is the priority for that person, we could be providing a solution that they just don't need. So no matter how great we believe the information we're conveying is, we're going to miss the mark with the direction they're trying to go. And in this time we're in right now, I believe in the last year, things accelerated so fast during the pandemic of how we adapted, how we learned our, our, our resiliency. But we were bombarded with information mm-hmm. in a virtual context. We're bombarded with distractions. Like think about it, you're podcasting from your bedroom. I'm podcasting with you from my son's old bedroom, which I just made into a studio. Oh, wow. We have sirens in the background. You've got the dogs barking in the background. Ryan might come running in like Kramer. Like there's a <laughs> lot going on. Right. And on the baseline, if we look at the science of how our brains work when it comes to listening, our brains can absorb four to 500 words per minute. Mm-hmm. Yet the average person speaks at a rate of 125 words per minute. And if you break down that math, that means our brains allow us to be too smart for our own good. True. And the big challenge is if we're not taking that other 75% that could get caught up in distractions, whether that's technological distractions, I could be talking to you and then being on my screen here, uh, the emotional distraction. If we disagree and then I shut myself off Mm. from what you're saying and and miss out on that opportunity to learn or just get caught up in daydreaming or thinking of my next question, that's where we lose the moment of understanding where somebody's at and what they might be saying. Because the most common thing that happens, and it can be when we're coming in with a great intention, is we try to fix it before we feel it. Ah, yes. And when somebody's giving us something, a real honest piece of themselves, it is so, so valuable to give them that gift of undivided attention, understand where they're at, acknowledge them first, and then introduce any type of logic or ideas that could further the conversation. So it really comes down to one, understanding the science of how our brains work, and then two, much like the filler words, identifying what are the distractions that get in the way and then one by one figuring out, well, how can I manage that? Or possibly, if it is possible, remove one so you can be more present in the moment with someone. What are those different distractions? I mean, there's obvious ones, you know, your phone or your kids or, you know, whatever, uh, my dog, uh, the sirens, you know, whatever. There are obvious distractions. But what are some distractions that maybe people don't necessarily think of as a distraction that we can work on. One of the biggest distractions comes down to our own personal sense of belonging and our desire to impress someone. Yes. And if that's what we're trying to do, we'll think in the back of our mind while somebody's talking, what is my next thought? What is my next question? What could I throw out so I look good? Meanwhile, the most powerful conversations I can say in almost 20 years of interviewing people for a living, why people would say, hey, Riaz, I really enjoyed the conversation we had. It had nothing to do with what I had to offer. It had everything to do with how I gave them the place and the space to share something that was really important to them. So instead of thinking of our next question, it's really throwing out maybe, hey, what motivated you to to be here today? What's on your mind? And then navigating the emotion that they're giving us. Mm -hmm. And 
And the, the second point of distraction is not allowing the emotion to close us off because that happens as well, Trista, in this polarized culture we're living in where people have differing values. They have differing perspectives. And before uh, listening even begins, people are looking at each other in terms of a confrontation instead of a collaboration. True. It's really recognizing how emotions could be getting in the way. And this is the same too. If I'm talking to you and I say something and you agree with me, that could get in the way too, because I could think, oh, okay, I don't have to listen anymore. She already agrees with me. So emotion, good or bad, could be a distraction because we, at the end of the day, just want to impress and feel good about ourselves. Yeah. But it's really consistently pointing the focus forward the entire time to have a continuous exploration of what someone's giving us. You know, it's interesting. Do you know your Enneagram number or type? No. Tell me more about this. Have you never heard of the Enneagram? I have not. <gasps> oh no. my God, I'm going to blow your mind. I am, I'm am literally I like, okay, so I am a baby and just learning about this. So I am not the person to explain it to you, but I am going to send you. So you need to listen to my podcast with Ian Morgan Cron. He wrote a book called The Road Back to You. And Road Back to You, okay. It is a personality test that has been used for forever. And there's nine personality types. And there's an infinite way of being one of those personality types. So both of both of us could be the same number, but be totally different people. I mean, if you think about it, there are how many billion people on the planet and there's only nine personality types. So there is an infinite number of ways to be your type. But I have learned that I am a type two. And what that is classified typically is we're called the helper or the befriender. And one lady, I think she also wrote a book on the Enneagram. Ian has a, a podcast called Typology where he talks about every episode is about a different type. And Beatrice Chestnut is this author and she wrote another book and she's a type two. And she was talking about how she likes to call type two a befriender. She was like, you know, in high school, I had all different kinds of friends, the like different friend groups, the, the smart people and the jocks and the, you know, the popular people or whatever. And that was totally me. And I love to make friendships. But one of our cruxes is they're called the deadly sins. I think it's pride. And I, I am all about relationships as a type two. That's what makes our lives better, actually. So you might very well be a type two um, just from that. Mm. But it's about people pleasing and wanting people to like me. And all that you're saying about, you know, how it can be a distraction. If I am thinking just about how I want somebody to like me, if I'm worried about that internally, and I'm thinking all about that while I'm talking to someone, then it's completely going to get in the way of any connection I can make with someone, if I'm just so insanely worried about about pleasing people and getting them to like me, so you're 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 speaking the truth in terms of you know everything that you have to say, but I really think you should look into the enneagram. I think that you'll really find it interesting. I will totally check that out, and you know that 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 is a great point about the distraction of of people pleasing, mm. and if we break down what you're saying as to why people dread small talk you think about what small talk is it is a def it's a defense mechanism yeah. to prevent us from the embarrassment of maybe getting emotional in front of someone we don't know because we don't want them to judge us or 
maybe we're afraid of triggering some sort of heightened emotional response that we're not ready for. Mm -hmm. And and, and this notion of the fear of how is that going to land? How could that potentially alienate me from this person? And will this person like me? Yeah, those are all classic examples of what gets in the way. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're, they're giving you something valuable, but we're in our heads thinking all these things and missing out on the moment in front of us. 100%. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And now back to the conversation. So in terms of distraction, there was something that you said on one of your YouTube videos, and I'd love for you to talk about the research that you talked about in a book called The Plateau Effect, and it was all about the possibility of distraction and how that can be a distraction. Yeah, like possibility of distracting. I'll, I'll give you one concrete example, and this is common. You, you mentioned the distraction of technology, even having uh, our phones. And when, when we're fortunate enough to be back in each other's company, think about the scenario when you're at the, the table with someone and they're thinking, okay, hey, you know, we're catching up. I'm just going to put my phone on the table face down. I'm going to give you that much respect. It'll be face down. Don't worry. Right. So, some of the research... Uh, shows that even having your phone on the table face down interrupts your cognitive ability by up to 20% of how you you see, feel, and connect with someone. And there, there's a term also known as fubbing, fubbing. where we're talking. Yeah, okay. fubbing. And there are great multitaskers out there. Like if I'm in my phone, I can't hear anything. My wife calls me out on this all the time. If I'm looking down and she's saying something to me, I need to put my phone away. I cannot multitask. She has a superpower where she could do it. Me too. And, <laughs> and, and it's incredible. But what that does is because much to the personality test you just talked about, everyone has a unique touch point of how they communicate. And for me, I'm big on, uh, on the eye contact, mm. even if someone can multitask. But fubbing has been proven to create resentment in relationships when people are communicating in different ways, where if somebody needs face-to-face -face uh -huh. and somebody else can multitask, it causes breakdowns in, in communication. So that possibility of the distraction uh, is, is, is a big factor. And social psychologists, I'll give you this example too, Timothy Wilson, years ago, did this experiment to see how well we as human beings can listen to ourselves. He gave a sample study of men and women the choice for 15 minutes to sit in a room by themselves or receive mild electric shocks in those 15 minutes to get through that time. 67% of men and 25% of women opted to receive the electric shocks. <laughs> So when we talk about dis distractions and listening to somebody else, we're struggling with listening to ourselves. Yes. And if we're at that point where, and uh, you know, you could you could do a whole other episode, and I'm, I'm sure you have on on mindfulness and meditation and the power of just of listening to yourself. If we're not doing that, how do we expect to to be able to be completely present with somebody else? Yes. And I think it it, it start it starts from within. Oh my gosh, you're blowing my mind. And you're so right about the, I don't know if this is a male thing and a female thing, but Ryan, my husband, I feel like has read articles because he tries to prove me wrong about how I can multitask all the time. I'm the same as your wife. I have a superpower. 
I can multitask. <laughs> I'll bow down. I bow down to your greatness. It's all the mamas out there. Uh, it is. I think we have just learned over time since our babies were little that that's what we had to do in, in order to get through the day. We have to do multiple things at one time. I mean, I will never be doing a load of laundry. I will never be folding if I'm not watching a television show or listening to a podcast or having a conversation. I hate doing the dishes if I'm not talking to someone on the phone or listening or watching or what. Like, I have to be multitasking. And I'm sure it's probably a really bad thing because I'm not paying full attention to any one thing. And I have a bad uh, habit of multitasking even when like even and it kills me too when Ryan is on the phone when he's looking at his phone and he's not listening to me and I'm trying to tell him something that has happened with our kids or something that's going on in my day that I think is important enough to tell him about and he's looking down at his mm. phone I'm like stop it pay attention to me <laughs> <laughs> because I know you can't multitask <laughs> I mean oh gosh I, that that could be a whole other episode is multitasking because and the the differences but Wow, I cannot believe 67% of men chose to have electric shock instead of just listening yeah. to yourself. Do you know if they put it in terms, was it titled meditation or did they say just listening to yourself? Because I can see a lot of people being turned off by just the word meditation, you know? The premise was sit alone in a room with your own thoughts for 15 minutes or receive mild electric shocks. What would you like to do? But that <laughs> that difference in, in, in itself, I mean, 67% men and 25% women, I mean, there's a whole other conversation too of of, of the gender discrepancy of, of why in a study like that, women are able to sit alone with their own thoughts and compartmentalize much better than, than, than you know, men are able to do. But yeah. when I saw that study, I thought that was just fascinating on the whole, mm -hmm. any percentage significant percentage on, on both sides would need to do that. Significant, yes. <laughs> to choose pain over not li like just sitting still, that shows so much about just our culture, like our times and how yeah. we're constantly feeling the need to be busy and just going, going, going all the time and not sitting still and listening to what's going on in our head. Wow. That is, that is really powerful, really powerful. I do have a question that I ask all of my guests and it changes, you know, just a touch every, every so often, but in tying in the, the title of my podcast better, Riaz, how do you plan to be better tomorrow? Mm. Well, in my tomorrow, it's my sixth wedding anniversary. <gasps> Anniversary. Thank you with my wife Lori. You guys are at 17 years, right? You and we Roy? are, yeah. When, when I think about how to be better tomorrow in a pandemic and celebrate an anniversary, I was, I was talking to my wife about it and I, I was saying, I'm the kind of guy that likes to plan experiences and oh, yes. and and mark the moment, but you know, in a pandemic, that, that's pretty limited what you can do. Mm. I think how I can be better, be better tomorrow knowing it's an anniversary is just try to be as, as present as possible with my wife. I will admit my, one of my biggest flaws is I'm always moving at a fast pace too, and have this strong desire to create uh, consistently and unplugging. Maybe my better tomorrow is to unplug completely 
and take one day to be completely present with my wife, with my son and celebrate the anniversary that, that is six years. So I'll, uh, I'm going to focus on that. I love to it. To just unplug. When we talk all about distractions, eliminate them altogether on the technology side. Yes. I mean, if we all could do that, you know, a day, a week, a month to just unplug for one day, like completely unplug and be completely present, I feel like our connections and our, our relationships with people would grow astronomically, you know, exponentially. Huge. Yeah. Agreed. Huge. Agreed. Yeah. And it's and it and it's strange because it is this time where we are connected like we've never been before with people that we will never meet or we would never have met before, but yet we are so disconnected from the people that we are living our lives with every day and that we share space with, you know, it is a really interesting dynamic, but it's sad and it's scary. It is our world. So, you know, we, we try to make the best of it, but is there a way that you think, because I know that you've, I mean, this is your, your heart, what you study, what you, what you share, is there a way for us to, I don't know, take back some of that communication and connection while still indulging or utilizing the technology that we have at present. When I hear everything you're describing, the number one thing that comes to mind for me is to just maintain a beginner's mindset and keep, and keep that mindset. Those were words that were shared with me with a producer. When I worked at MTV Canada back in 2002, I first got into the television business and I was thinking, how do I make these interviews as great as possible? And mind you, Trisha, this was pre-social media. Yeah. And I, I would come up with all these questions and he just said, you know, one, make sure you show the person you care. And two, make sure you lean in and listen. And three, create a space where, you know, you could trust each other. And after two decades now of, of being in this space of connecting with people, you know, interviewing people, listening and learning from people. Those are the three most common questions that people are asking upon our initial encounters. Do you care? Are you listening? And can I trust you? And I think when it comes to the relationships we have that are so familiar, we fall into the autopilot mode that we think we know everything about them. So the opportunity to the question you've posed is, how can we maintain this intentional curiosity, a consistent curiosity, even with the people we know so well? And a great tool is uh, there was this study done by a psychologist, Arthur Aaron, mm -hmm. and he had the 30, 36 questions to find love. And these questions were based on how you boost intimacy with strangers, complete strangers. Mm. And there were degrees of questions that were asked, but they all came down to having a high emotional component. Mm. And that's the trap we fall into. Our conversations, our everyday communication is transactional. How was your day? What do you want to do for dinner? What are we going to do on the weekend? Who's taking the kids to hockey? Who's taking Blake's lead to dance? Like these things become so routine yes. that we forget about the opportunity to learn with that beginner's mindset. So I think it's it's staying open to the possibility and discovery and using questions that tap into your emotion. You can Google those 36 questions, by the way. They are on the internet, but they're really questions of tell me your life story in, in four minutes or less. Go. Ooh. What are you what are you most grateful for? What are the 
you know, if this was your final conversation, who would you reach out to? What would you say? What is your biggest regret? All of those things, maybe we haven't heard with our partners or our close friends or, or just someone in our social circle. So it really is keeping that beginner's mindset. So we're continuously learning about the people in our lives. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. And I, what's the, what's the person who did the 36 questions? Oh, Arthur Aaron. Arthur Aaron. Okay. I'm going to go look for that because, you know, it's interesting when I first started the podcast and, you know, I have a little hosting experience and I love conversation and communication, but I researched, you know, questions I should ask people and, and that sort of thing. And those kind of questions came up, but I also just did a, like a mentor series with a friend of mine and they sent me like maybe it was like 40, 50 questions that were all like that. And I got to thinking, I was like, why don't we have these kind of talks with our friends, you know, like getting down to the deep stuff, the really important stuff. And I was thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we started this trend of, you know, how there's book clubs and there's, you know, that sort of thing, game nights or whatever that you get together with your friends. Not maybe not right now during the pandemic, but um, <laughs> maybe you have a virtual book club. I don't know. But what about like creating nights where you get together and you ask people these sorts of questions and connect on a deeper level? I just, yeah, I would love to do something like that. I, I wish there was a, you know, I'm bad with ideas of coming up with things like to get them going. But once there's an idea, I'm like, oh yes, let's run with that. And I can take it and execute. Um, but I, I think that's beautiful. I think all the, all that you said, honestly, honestly, so, so beautiful. And thank you so much for your time and for your expertise and sharing your wisdom and, um, really delving into this world because I think you've taught so many of us so much. Uh, Trista, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate the invitation to be on this podcast and just your curiosity on the topic of you know, how we have meaningful connection in a time like this and how we continue to have it even when we move past uh, the, this, this time of isolation and, and the, uh, the pandemic. Yes. So how can people find you? So to use our favorite filler word in the past 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> See that full circle oh, moment right there? Full circle. Perfect. <laughs> See, I'm just being human. That, yeah. That's my human side. I love moment. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Riazmegji.com. And I know, tricky name, you have to spell it. I'm going to help you out right now if you're listening <laughs> and you're curious about learning more. It's R I A Z or Z, wherever you're listening from. M E G H J I.com. It has all kinds of information uh, and resources about human connection. You mentioned the YouTube channel where there's videos to help people connect in deeper ways and just support with virtual communication. Uh, it's all on there. And if you connect with it and you dig it, hit me up, message me, let me know how it uh, it helps you and what you want more of. Because at the end of the day, uh, that, that's why we do it, to serve the the audience and the community. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. Really nice chatting with you. You too. Hopefully we can do it again because I feel like there's more more conversation to be had. Keep me posted. I'll be hanging out in Nico's old bedroom and, you know, it's easy. <laughs> and record. There you go. And happy anniversary tomorrow. Enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Congratulations. All right. Take care, okay. Tristan. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. 
If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter fan page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day. 